Good evening. Welcome to the 6 p.m. Lord's Day evening worship hour lesson. I'm your host, Russell McCullough, and guess what? We're still not together physically, but we are together spiritually and in the bond of peace in Christ Jesus. And I want to share with you another lesson from our passage we looked at this morning, 2 Kings chapter 7. Uh, tonight I want us to look at it a little bit differently, a, more of a microscope look as opposed to a telescope look. And we want to consider the lesson tonight, the lepers of Samaria, the lepers of Samaria, and what we can learn from them that they did in their crisis that we can do in ours. There's a lot of similarities. And so our text tonight is taken from 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 3, through 2 Kings 7, verse 16. So turn your Bibles to that specific passage, 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 3, beginning through verse 16. Let's read the passage. Now there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate, and they said to one another, Why are we sitting here until we die? If we say we will enter the city, the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. And if we sit here, we die also. Now therefore, come, let us surrender to the army of the Syrians. If they keep us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall only die. And when they rose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians, and when they had come to the outskirts of the Syrian camp, to their surprise, no one was there. For the Lord had caused the army of the Syrians to hear the noise of the chariots and the noise of horses, the noise of a great army. So they said to one another, Look, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to attack us. Therefore they arose and fled at twilight and left the camp intact. Their tents, their horses, and their donkeys, and they fled for their lives. When these lepers came to the outskirts of the camp, they went into one tent and ate and drank, carried from it silver and gold and clothing, and went and hid them. Then they came back and entered another tent and carried some from there also and went and hid it. Then they said to one another, we are not doing right. This day is a day of good news, and we remain silent. If we wait until morning light, some punishment will come upon us. Now therefore, come, let us go and tell the king's household. So they went and called to the gatekeepers of the city and told them, saying, We went to the Syrian camp, and surprisingly no one was there. Not a human sound, only horses and donkeys tied and the tents intact. And the gatekeepers called out, and they told it to the king's household inside. So the king arose in the night and said to his servants, 
Let me now tell you what the Syrians have done to us. They know that we are hungry, therefore they have gone out of the camp to hide themselves in the field, saying, When they come out of the city, we shall catch them alive and get into the city. And one of the servants answered and said, Please, let several men take five of the remaining horses, which are left in the city. Look, that they may either become like all the multitude of Israel that are left in it, or indeed, I say, they may become like all the multitude of Israel left from those who are consumed. So let us send them and see. Therefore they took two chariots with horses, and the king sent them in the direction of the Syrian army, saying, Go and see. And when they went after them to the Jordan, and indeed all the roads were full of garments and weapons which the Syrians had thrown away in their haste. So the messengers returned and told the king. Then the people went out and plundered the tents of the Syrians, so that a sea of fine flour was sold for a shekel, and two seahs of barley for a shekel, according to the word of the Lord. Amen. So we mentioned this morning, these lepers are the least upon the least. As we begin to look at the passage, we see that they are between a rock and a hard place. They're in no man's land. They are stuck in between the Syrians and the Israelites. Since they are lepers, they cannot be allowed in the city. And since they're under siege, they're obviously not in the Syrian lines. So they're in a death trap in between these two extremes. Two entities of people who want nothing whatsoever to do with them because they represent sickness and death. They are the plague. You couldn't get anywhere close to a leper in those days. It was highly contagious and people just were in exile once you came down with this dreaded disease that eventually would eat the flesh off of your bones and they did not know how to treat it. And so there they were at the gate but couldn't go in the city and couldn't go to the Syrians because well there's a war going on. They're in no man's land. So here they are and they began to do something that we all should do and that is reason together. This is what Isaiah the prophet recorded as to what the Lord said to Israel in those days. Come, let us reason together, says the Lord. And so that's what these men did. Though they were in the most desperate of situations, though they were the least among the least, though they were considered as having no value to anyone else, in fact, they were considered detrimental to value. Still, they reasoned together. And here's their reasoning. They said, okay, let's look at this. We're starving to death. We're lepers. Now, if we go into the city, they'll kill us. If we stay here, we're going to die. 
And if we go surrender ourselves to the Syrians, they might kill us. Or they might not. We don't know. But if they don't kill us, we'll be alive. And that's our only option, is they saw it. As it turns out, it was not their only option, but that's what they perceived from their reasoning. And they said to themselves, look, all of our choices are bad ones. Most of them are terrible. Most of them are deadly. But there's one chance, one chance in a thousand. If we go to the Syrians and beg for them to take us prisoner instead of killing us, hey, they just might, because we're lepers. They might not want to get close enough to kill us. They might actually give us some food, and we can live. That was their reasoning. So that's where we find these leprous citizens. These are Israelites. There's some level of patriotism left among them. But as they approach the Syrian camp, they find it totally deserted. And they go into the camp and they find, well, we just can't imagine what it is they found. They found everything they needed to live. And not only did they find everything they needed to live, they found it in abundance. And not only did they find everything they needed to live in abundance, they found things that they could only dream of, such as fine clothing and money, hard cash money, silver and gold. No leper had such a thing. And here they have it in abundance. And they are overcome with the unbelievableness of their good fortune. They are just swept away with hoarding as much as they can, hiding it and coming back for more. But these men had some good righteousness inside of them because like the The son who had deserted his father in the New Testament. That son who ran away to the far country. They came to their mind. The prodigal came to his mind while in a barn with a bunch of pigs. These lepers came to their mind in tents of gold, silver, clothing, food, and raiment. They did come to their minds. They did come to their senses. And they said, look, what we're doing isn't right. We need to share this good news with everyone else. And their decision here is amazing. 
because they're looking to do kindness to the very people who have treated them as if they're non-persons. You know, in those days when a leper got too close, they would throw rocks and sticks at such a person and curse them and yell at them. That's how they were treated by everyone else. And yet here they are now thinking about the rock throwers and stick throwers and their cursing friends. And they're thinking, we can't keep this good news to ourselves. We have to do what's right. So that's what happens. They do what's right. And they tell the guards at the gate. The guards at the gate tell the king's house. King's house tells the king. The king, being evil and faithless, thinks it's a trick. But his servants convince him otherwise and let him send out a couple of chariots to check out the story. And wow, the story is true. The Syrians are gone. They not only left the immediate area around the city of Samaria, they've taken off on the road. And all along the road of retreat are more clothes, more weaponry, more of everything, just ready to be picked up. Everything that Samaria needs to live and to thrive is there for the taking. And so it is that Samaria was saved by these leprous men who then disappear back into their isolation. Even though the city is free, these men remain captive to their disease and must return once again to their caves and to their isolation from the rest of society. So there's some life lessons from these lepers I want us to uh, consider tonight and apply these life lessons to our situation. Because, let's face it, despite the circumstances, many people look upon Christians as little better than loathsome lepers. They just wish we would go away. But we're not going away because we have the words of salvation. And whether those words are received or whether they're not is immaterial because Christ has told us to go. And so we are going. So here are the life lessons from the lepers of Samaria. First of all, after they came to their senses, I guess that would be our first, our first point, that in life and in crisis, we must come to our senses. We must realize the spiritual aspects of our situation, whatever it might be. And what God wants me to do in my life, to line my life with that of Christ. Sometimes that's very difficult as it is right now. So once we come to ourselves, once we come to our senses, once we repent, once we change, once we 
decide to go back to our father's house and beg for mercy, as it were. After that, we must reject ourselves. We must reject ourselves, as did these lepers. They rejected themselves. They had the opportunity to take the best of everything from this camp. They had the opportunity to strip that place clean of everything of value. All the gold, all the silver, all the jewelry, all the silken garments. They could have had a king's ransom a thousand times over, but yet they said, no, we're going to reject what we want and we're going to share it with everybody else. They had to reject themselves. They had to reject themselves. Secondly, they came to realize that there is right and wrong. They came to realize after they had rejected their own selfish desires that there's a right and there's a wrong. It's wrong not to tell the other people and it's right to do so. And they chose to tell the good news the right news, the saving news to people who had ostracized them all their lives. That took some good men to do such a thing. But not only uh, did they reject themselves and understand what was right and what was wrong, they said, this is not a day to be quiet. This is not a day to be quiet. This is a day to share the good news. This is a day to speak good news. They said, if there's ever been a time in our lives where good news needs to be spoken, it is right now. So it is with us. We're reminded of the proverb that a good word is like golden orbs in a bowl of silver. Speaking good news. Oh, how our friends need to hear good news. Let's make our minds up right now to speak only good news to our neighbors during these times so they can see Jesus and understand that there's a better way than the way of Darwin's survival of the fittest. Because our society is mired in a sea of Darwinism. I want to be the strongest. I want to survive. And I don't care about you. I don't care about your family. And if you get in my way, I will run over you if I have to. That's the mindset of our society right now. Darwinism. Social Darwin. Survival of the fittest. But no. These men saw a better way. They wanted to render good news to their neighbors. And it had nothing to do with the righteousness of their neighbors because they were wicked people. 
And yet, they wanted to share good news, and so we do as well. But there's uh, some other expectations that they absorbed. It's not, it's just so hard to uh, comprehend life as a leper. There's really nothing in our society quite like it. I suppose the closest thing would be someone who suffers from drug addiction and homeless and destitute on the streets of San Francisco, I guess might be the closest thing that we could think about. And yet, uh, they are helping those who could care, could not care less about them. Even in this terrible, destitute situation, nobody had rendered a hand to help them whatsoever. So they understood something that we must understand as well. They understood to expect cynicism. When they shared the good news with the men at the gate, they expected and they received cynicism. Essentially, who are you to come here and tell us what the Syrian army is doing or not doing? They were very cynical towards these lepers. And they expected it, but they were not deterred by their cynicism. They expect and they embraced the fact that they likely would be ignored. Isn't this always true in the Bible? So very often the bearers of the greatest news are ignored. And oftentimes persecuted and even murdered as was Christ. Christ came with the greatest news there ever was. And yet he was ignored and he was hated. And ultimately he was murdered because he was perceived to be a threat to their power and their position. So expect to be ignored. They expected it. And then, number seven, perhaps is the most difficult of all. These men, as the narrative tells us, after the people plunder the camp, these lepers aren't mentioned anymore. It's as it were, they've disappeared from history. They understood and expected that after the salvation of the city is rendered, they expected to be forgotten once again. They expected to be despised once again. They expected to be mistreated once again by those to whom they are rendering these kindnesses to. And apparently that's the case because after the plundering of the camp by the city that they have told this good news to, we hear about them no more. We see them no more. It's as if they've disappeared 
And yes, in one sense of the word, they did. Because when sustenance and order was restored to the city, things went back to the way it was. And what way was that? Well, people stayed inside the city gates and sick people stayed outside the city gates and there was no contact whatsoever. The lepers had to remain hidden and ignored and rejected and despised and mistreated and forgotten. So, for us today, we are engaged in the acts of many examples of kindness to our neighbors as everyone is in this crisis of health. But this will pass and there will come a day, and we hope very soon, where the virus is no more and life will return to normal. And people once again will forget the deeds of kindness from Christians like you and me. But that's okay. Because that's what these men did. And as I read the text, they had to sacrifice far more than I'll ever be asked to sacrifice. At the very, very bottom of life's existence, they said, this is our moment. This is our moment to do what's right. This is our moment to share good news. This is our moment to bring salvation to the lost. Because if we don't do it, who will? And so they did. And so they were once again forgotten. But were they? Were they forgotten? Now we don't know these men. We don't know their names. But what they did that day in the long ago in Israel at the city of Samaria will live forever because it's part of the revealed word of God. The inspired word of God has a permanent record of the deeds of these men. They have been immortalized in the pages of God's Word, never to be forgotten. Oh yeah, they were forgotten by their contemporaries, but long term, guess what? We remember them, but we don't remember the King of Israel. He's not even named. We don't remember Ben-Hadad, the despicable Syrian. We remember Elisha, and we remember these brave heroes, these men who were, in the eyes of other men, the most worthless of men. But these most worthless of men brought physical salvation to an entire city. 
The entire city owed their lives and their very existence to these forgotten men. Forgotten by some, but not forgotten by God and not forgotten by us because we just read about them and studied about them because God has built them a memorial inside his word so that you and I will never forget. Let us strive to be as they were. God bless you and amen.